Good morning and welcome to worship. However you have found us this morning on our radio broadcast, um, through our video recording on YouTube or through a podcast, we are delighted that you are here and are worshiping with us this morning. Our radio broadcast is sponsored today by Lori Deby in memory of Dick Deby. Thank you for that sponsorship. This morning, it is the sixth Sunday of Easter. That is right, we are still in the season of Easter. And we have a little reminder for you of our Easter services hiding somewhere here in the sanctuary. For those of you that are watching our video recording, see if you can spot that reminder. As always during our Easter season, the Paschal candle shines with a reminder of the resurrection light that not even the darkness of the grave could overcome. I invite you to light a candle in your home in preparation for worship and to gather some bread and some wine or juice to celebrate Holy Communion a little bit later in our worship service. We begin this morning in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. We are joined to Christ in the waters of baptism and we are clothed with God's mercy and forgiveness. Let us this morning give thanks for that gift of baptism. We give you thanks, O God, for in the beginning your spirit moved over the waters and by your word you created the world. Through the waters of the flood you delivered Noah and his family. Through the sea you led your people from slavery to freedom. At the river, your son was baptized by John and anointed with the Holy Spirit. By water and your word, you claim us as daughters and sons, and we praise you for this gift of water that sustains life. And above all, we praise you for the gift of new life in Jesus Christ. Shower us with your spirit and renew our lives in your forgiveness, grace, and love. Amen. We sing this morning our gathering hymn, Gracious Spirit, Heed Our Pleading. It's number 401, and we will sing all of the verses.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, you hold together all things in heaven and on earth. In your great mercy, receive the prayers of all your children and give to all the world the spirit of your truth and peace through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our worship continues now with a special kids time with Pastor Heather. Good morning, OSL kids and adults. For my children's sermon this morning, I have a story that I want to share from a new book that I got a little while ago that I am really loving. The book is called Holy Troublemakers and Unconventional Saints. Isn't that a great title? There are all kinds of wonderful stories in this book and I'm gonna read one of those stories for you today. This story about a holy troublemaker and unconventional saint is a story about a man named Brian McLaren, who is a wonderful author that I really, really enjoy reading. But I wanna tell you his story this morning. On a hot summer night, in 1972 in Lexington, Kentucky, a small group of teenagers walked stealthily in the dark, having just snuck out of their cabins at church camp. The thrill of adventure energizes them as they hike up a small hillside at the far end of the camp. A nervous laugh escapes from one of them breaking the silence. Shh, a voice from the back whispers, we'll be in a ton of trouble if we get caught. They keep walking, trying to avoid the rocks and twigs in the path with just the light of the moon to guide them. One of these teenagers is 17-year-old Brian McLaren. He's grown up going to lots of church events with his family. He hasn't told anyone, but he's planning to leave the church, to leave his faith and most everything having to do with God when he goes away to college in a year. His church teaches that science is not valid, that women can't be leaders, and that it's wrong to ask questions about anything the church teaches. He's different. He's curious. He loves science. And he doesn't believe men are better at leadership or anything else than women. He can't wait to get out of the church. 
As that group of youth reach the top of the hillside, Brian walks a few feet away from the group and lies down on his back in the grass. He gazes up at the moon and the stars and just breathes. Suddenly, Brian notices how small he feels under the immense sky. The universe above him goes on and on with its burning stars, distant planets, moons, and galaxies. I'm just one small human with millions and billions of other humans spinning on this planet in this huge universe, he thinks to himself. It's a new thought for him, a revelation. A moment later, he feels something else or someone else. I felt seen, known, and loved, Brian says now, remembering that night. I felt an outpouring of love that completely covered me. And it wasn't just for me, it was also an outpouring of love for the grass and the field next to me, for everything. All of creation was loved. I experienced God as love that night. Brian's experience of God that night changed the course of his life. That experience set me on a path. I realized that religion wasn't just what other people told me or what a book told me. I was an active participant in faith and love was at the center. Brian didn't give up his faith after all and he went on to become a Christian pastor. But his preaching embraces science, shares the conviction that women and men are equal and most of all, assures people that everyone is completely loved by the divine just as they are. Brian continues to talk and write about God's all-encompassing love for all of us, especially whom the church sometimes leaves out, including LGBTQ people. Some church people reject him for his convictions, and he lost jobs and friends who didn't agree with him. Those who talk more about who isn't a part of God's kingdom don't like his message. But that teenage boy who almost gave up his faith, he's communicated God's enduring love to all people in more than 20 books and in countless other ways. A husband and father of four children, he simply states, the starting point of a progressive Christian is that I love you I accept you, I accept you, and I'm interested in learning your story. So I wonder, when have you felt seen and loved by God? I hope that you too, like Brian, have experienced God's love in big ways, maybe out in nature or in surprising ways, when someone forgives you when you've done something wrong or in small ways, a smile of a friend, or a hug for someone who's close to you. God is present in everything around us, and God is at work in us too. The Holy Spirit is at work in us too. And just like Brian experienced the Holy Spirit at work, opening him up to God all around him, so too that spirit does the same for us. Thanks for listening to my story today about one particular holy troublemaker and unconventional saint. I hope to share more of these stories with you in the coming weeks. We continue our worship now as we turn to our first reading. Our first reading comes from the book of Acts. In Athens, Paul faces the challenge of proclaiming the gospel to Greeks who know nothing of either Jewish or Christian tradition. He proclaims that the unknown God whom they worship is the true Lord of heaven and earth who will judge the world with justice through Jesus whom God has raised from the dead. A reading from the book of Acts. Paul stood in front of the Areopagus and said, Athenians, I see how extremely religious you are in every way. For as I went through the city and looked carefully at the objects of your worship, I found among them an altar with the inscription, 
to an unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. The God who made the world and everything in it, he is Lord of heaven and earth. He does not live in shrines made by human hands, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mortals life and breath and all things. From one ancestor he made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live, so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, as even some of your own poets have said for we too are his offspring. Since we are God's offspring, we ought not to think that this deity is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art and imagination of mortals. While God has overlooked the times of human ignorance, now he commands all people everywhere to repent because he has fixed a day on which he will have the world judged in righteousness by a man whom he has appointed, and of this he has given assurance to all by raising him from the dead. Word of God, word of life. Thanks be to God. We sing now our gospel acclamation. Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. If you love me, Jesus says, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you forever. This is the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him because he abides with you, and he will be in you. I will not leave you orphaned, Jesus continues. I am coming to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. They who have my commandments and keep them are those who love me. And those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. I have said these things to you while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, and through the Holy Spirit, who is God present among us. Amen. Well, I had so much fun last week preaching out in nature, I decided to take it a step further for my sermon this morning. I'm recording this in the evening, and my best laid plans were to hike Hoffman Hills and climb the tower for the sunset. But sometimes you're delayed by a train, a long one, and sometimes you arrive only to learn that the tower is not open. So here we are at Hoffman Hills with the sun setting in the background. I hope that you are able to get out into nature too these weeks as we're safer at home or at least appreciate the view from your window. We have been doing so at our household. The sun is shining and it is good for our souls. Well my sermon tonight, that is this morning, 
when you're seeing this on Sunday. My sermon is really a continuation of last week's sermon because our gospel reading is a continuation of Jesus' words to his disciples. Today, Jesus continues with his promise to abide with them and with us in and through the Holy Spirit. But what does that really mean? What is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? How would you answer that question? What does the Holy Spirit do? I want you to hold on to that question, if you will, as we hear again some of what Jesus says to us in our gospel reading, which I remind you continues directly from last week's verses. Jesus says, I will not leave you orphaned. Another advocate will be with you forever. Jesus says, I am coming to you. But not just in a once and for all sort of way. In the original Greek, Jesus is saying that in an ongoing way, he is constantly coming into our presence. In fact, Jesus says, I will be alive in you. If you remember from last week, these words from Jesus in John's gospel narrative, these words are spoken to his disciples right before his arrest and betrayal, right before his death. Jesus is sharing these last words with his disciples to begin to prepare them for his physical absence, which I'm sure they did not want to hear. They did not want to imagine him gone. They still had so many questions, so many uncertainties. Their lives were complicated. Their community as disciples was complicated. Their relationships were complicated. Their citizenship in the Roman Empire was complicated. Their society of haves and have-nots, the powerful and the weak, the respected and the shunned, their society was complicated. I am sure they felt like they would never be able to figure it out on their own. So Jesus, encouraging them, puts it another way a few verses later. The Holy Spirit will teach you everything and will remind you of all that I have said to you. When life gets complicated, I find Jesus' words incredibly hopeful. Because what I hear Jesus saying to his disciples, to us, is that we don't know everything, and we don't have to. We will always have more to learn, but Jesus will not leave us orphaned. Jesus will not leave us only to our own devices. The Holy Spirit will work to lead us toward our truth. In every generation, we are faced with new questions and perplexities. Jesus knew there would always be questions that our sacred writings, our holy scriptures, wouldn't fully answer or wouldn't even address. Think about the discoveries in science since the books of the Bible were written and assembled. Think about our solar system and the galaxy, the complexities of our bodies, cells and atoms. Jesus acknowledges that following him as the way and the truth and the life won't be like following a perfect map. Jesus acknowledges there will be questions and considerations. There will be ethical dilemmas which arise that he never talked about. But Jesus promises the Spirit will be our guide. The Spirit will lead us toward truth, toward faith, toward justice, toward compassion, toward love. Rosemary Radford Ruther, a wise and brilliant church historian, suggests that there are two things that the church must always and absolutely do. The first is to pass on our faith tradition from one generation to the next. The church must tell the story of Jesus to our children and our grandchildren. This is our first and foremost work. But it's not our only work. The second thing the church must always and absolutely do is be open to the winds of the Holy Spirit by which we as God's people come alive in every generation. We pass on our tradition, our faith. We pass on our story, but we also listen pray for and pay attention to the Holy Spirit at work in us here and now. This is also our sacred task. Here and now, Jesus promises the gift of the Holy Spirit for us to come alive in faith, in hope, in love for God and for God's creation. 
theologians and artists throughout history have imagined the Holy Spirit as a sort of divine go-between, a holy conduit, a secret passageway, a whispering mediator, a winged messenger. The Holy Spirit is our holy communicator. One of my favorite verses from Paul's letter to the Romans says, The Spirit intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. I have turned to this verse so many times in my life when my prayers could not be contained by mere words. Jesus promises the Holy Spirit will intercede for us as a much-needed advocate. An advocate, as in the court of law, that's what comes to mind for me. So then what does the Holy Spirit do? Remember that question I wanted you to hold on to? The Holy Spirit advocates. But on whose behalf? If ever I were to find myself in a court of law, I would want a really good lawyer. I happen to know quite a few. I would want a really good advocate. If that's what the Holy Spirit does, advocates, is it on our behalf? Does Jesus think we need a really good lawyer, a good advocate to defend us before God, God our judge, God our sentencer? Or, or is our holy communicator, our holy conduit, advocating something else? Advocating not so much on our behalf before God, but on God's behalf before us. Maybe we don't need an advocate to plead our case to God near so much as we need the spirit of truth to plead God's case to us. We need the spirit of truth to teach us the ways of Christ, to teach us the truth about ourselves, about one another, and about God, our creator. We need God's spirit to be at work in us as we engage our holy scriptures and as the word who is Christ engages us. What if the Spirit's work, what the Spirit does, is to remind us of the wonders of life, the wonders of God's created world? What if the Spirit's word is to speak on behalf of the poor, the lonely, the broken? What if the Spirit's wind blows to wake us up, to help us notice and try to stop perpetuating cycles of violence, war, oppression? What if the Spirit whispers to us for peace and justice? What if the Spirit breathes in us to stretch us from the inside out with compassion for all that God loves? Yes, the Spirit does intercede for us with sighs too deep for words. Yes, the Spirit is our divine connector and communicator. But the biggest help we need day by day is for God's Spirit advocate to move and breathe and coax and prod us into seeing God with us. God for us, God calling and inspiring us to become grace and hope and love in our world, inspiring us to continue to learn to follow the way and the truth and the life of God who is Christ, our Lord. God's Spirit breathes in us. That's what the Spirit does, advocating on behalf of our Creator, advocating God's truth and love for us, for all. As one theologian says so simply, spirit is just another word for God present, God interacting with us, God advocating for all God loves. God's spirit breathes in you. That's what the spirit does. It's not a question. It's a promise. God's spirit breathes in you. So take notice. Listen. Pay attention. Feel it. Take a deep breath if that helps you remember. Take in the promise that the one who has given you life is in all that is life. May God's spirit advocate breathe, whisper, coax, and prod you into fuller faith, active in love, and fill you up with hope bigger than your fear and with peace stronger than any uncertainty. Amen.
We continue our worship with our hymn of the day. We sing together, we know that Christ is raised, hymn number 449. Together we confess our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I invite you to join me for a time of prayer. Uplifted by the promised hope of healing and resurrection, we join the people of God in all times and places in praying for the church, the world, and all who are in need. Abiding God, you have revealed yourself to us in the form of your Son, Jesus Christ. Embolden your church as your followers to reveal your love in our world, in our speaking and through our living. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Creator God, revitalize the health of oceans, rivers, lakes, springs, glaciers, and other bodies of water that give life to your creatures and lead us to practice good care and stewardship for Lake Minoman, for Wisconsin rivers, and for every body of water that surrounds us. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Loving God, you call all people of the world your children. Judge the nations justly. Show mercy to the oppressed and speak truth to power through your prophets. In the United States, we pray for justice for our black brothers and sisters 
and accountability for their court cases. We pray for justice for Ahmoud Aubrey, a 25-year-old black man out for a run in his neighborhood. We pray for justice for Breonna Taylor, killed while police raided her apartment in March. And we pray for justice for Sean Reed and for Adrian Medeiros. We pray for an end to racism and discrimination and extrajudicial violence, which plague our country and our world. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. You come near to us when we are lost and you hear our distress. We pray for those who suffer in any way, especially Chris Vandenberg, Steve Vandenberg's brother, for Ruth Gilbertson, Carolyn Barnhart, Steve Terry, Steve Knutson, and Marilyn Lee. We pray for the D.B. and Reed families in the death of Lois D.B.'s brother, Don Reed. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Merciful God, we thank you for the gift of your law, for the commands you give us to help us best care for one another and to order our lives together. Give us courage to take hold of our baptismal promises, to work for justice and peace, to be advocates for the voiceless, and to work to free the oppressed and imprisoned in body, mind, or spirit. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Ever-present God, we thank you for your promise to abide with us always. We remember the saints who have gone before us today. Unite us forever in your final victory over death. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. With bold confidence in your love, almighty God, we place all for whom we pray into your eternal care through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. We share that peace with you. We send you our love and air hugs and wish that we could be together with you. I invite you to share peace with those with whom you are gathered. Our worship continues now with our offering. And I invite you to consider the ways in which you are called to be generous with your time and your talent and your financial resources. Your support of OSL has ensured that our ministry continues and it enables us to continue to reach out and care for each other and our neighbors and to provide support for helping organizations in our community. We welcome your offerings to OSL. You can send those to our church office or you can use the online giving option, which you can find on our website at oslme.com. Thank you for your continued support as together we minister in Christ's name. We sing now together our offertory, Let the Vineyards Be Fruitful. Let us pray. Merciful God, our ordinary gifts seem small for such a celebration, yet you make of them an abundance, just as you do with our lives. Feed us again now at your table for service in your name, as we pray in the strength of the risen Christ. Amen. 
In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Gathered in the Holy Spirit, gathered as one, let us pray the prayer Jesus has taught us. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. I invite you now to celebrate Holy Communion, to receive this gift of the presence, the fullness of Christ for you. This is the body given for you, this cup, the blood of Christ, shed for you. As you receive the promises and gift of, holy, of this Holy Communion meal this morning, um, we welcome special music offered today by Lauren Gifford and Dave, Dale Freeberg, sharing with us, I came to believe.
Thank you, Lauren and Dale and Michaela. Thank you, Johnny Cash, for that lovely special music you've shared with us today. Now may the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Amen. Let us pray. Life-giving God, you have once again fed us with your word, fed us with your promises, and our hearts burn within us. Through this meal, you have opened us to your presence. Now send us forth to share the gifts of Easter with all in need, through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. As you are sent forth into the rest of this day that God has given you, hear this blessing. May the one who brought forth Jesus from the dead raise you to new life, fill you with hope, and turn your mourning into dancing. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless you now and forever. Amen. I have a couple of announcements that I would like to share with you this morning. The first, a reminder that I will be hosting um, a virtual hangout for the Acts online Bible study this afternoon at 1 p.m. You are welcome to join us, even if it would be your first time. You are still welcome to come and be a part of that discussion and that Bible study. Um, send me an email to sarah at oslme.com, um, and I will send you the link to that meeting. Um, if you're interested, you can find all of the resources for that Bible study on our adult education page on our website. It's under the Growing tab. I also remind you that if you have a prayer concern or if you have a desire to visit with one of our parish nurses or with one of the pastors, please reach out to us. We are here for you during this time um, and always. You can find our contact information on the on the website at oslme.com. A brief word of thank you to all of those of you who out there who have been making face masks. We continue to receive um, requests for those masks, so stay at it if you are able. We receive requests both um, from local organizations, but we've also had a request come in from Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. You may remember um, over the past few years, we have sent high school groups out there to do some service projects. Um, and so we are looking to continue that relationship and to support as we are able. Um, if you have questions about the face mask project, you can contact Becky Kinnear. And thank you for all of that good work. Finally, um, I want to remind you or let you know that in light of the uh, recent Supreme Court um, ruling um, about the Safer at Home order, um, the OSL staff and council continue to be in conversation. We will continue to follow the recommendations that we have been following, the recommendations that have been put out by the ELCA and the Wisconsin Council of Churches, and we will keep you updated. I now invite you to join us in singing our sending hymn. It is O Blessed Spring, and it's number 447.
Christ is risen just as he said. Go in peace, share the good news. Alleluia. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Alleluia. Alleluia.